Hello, this is Matt. This is Russ. And this is Mike, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Coal community. How are you guys? I'm well. How are you? I'm, I'm not bad, apart from being bunged up and <laughs> losing the plot a bit today. Well, we did make you do the the leading bit because you're all bunged up just to annoy you, which we thought was uh-huh. really funny. Just for the record, this is about the fifth time we've done this. <laughs> Sorry, and I, I failed badly. <laughs> you had one thing, one job, mate. That's all you had to do. Yes. How's I Russ? Failed. Me, I'm good. I'm slightly worried about Mike, though. I'm thinking, is it some form of fever that's come on through, uh, you know, Manchester United's incredibly bad start to the season? Oh, harsh. By the way, you're really quiet. Shh. Are you any better now? Say something. Not any better? Yeah, maybe you should yeah. put a mic near your face next time. <laughs> God, what I, this is what I have to work with. Yeah, so how's it going for Manchester United then, Mr. Dyer? Awful. Really, really awful. I don't I don't know what the answer is. Too is much money floating there. Is out started yet? Uh, no, not yet. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll give it time. Too much money. He's on probably eight million a year to do what he's doing at the moment. Now, so. now don't get me started again. Before we recorded <laughs> oh, the podcast last week, we had a conversation about Manchester United wages, and I got really Mister Angry, angry, didn't I? So I don't want to go there again. I, I did some maths, and it didn't work out. Well, it, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. So um, weather-wise, then, next. Yeah, weather-wise, we've had a bit of a turn to use an English phrase. It's got a bit nippy out. Yeah, bit nips. This, this, we're obviously at the end of September, you can tell, because all the Christmas decorations are going up in shops and the weather's turned a bit cold. Oh, there hot we go. Hot cross buns will be out next. Hot cross buns. Bums? <laughs> hot cross buns. Hot <laughs> cross buns? No, that's not what I was thinking of at all. we're taking this approach and I actually feel slightly guilty that we didn't do this for Swamp because in terms of anthems it's pretty much right up there but Heaven's a Lie I think remains Lacuna Call's biggest song if you see what I mean most maybe most popular most well known biggest yeah. anthem and it feels like it kind of deserves that it also has like different versions and different videos and just there's so much stuff going on in this song isn't Single biggest identifying song. There you go. Yes, I think that's probably true. But before we do that, we've got some news. So, if you're on Twitter, or if you're following the band, or various band members on Instagram, or any other social networks, you'd have seen over the last couple of weeks, and we've mentioned this before, that they are in the recording studio, and we're seeing more photos coming out of the various band members in the little booth, as it were, recording their part of the the various songs and, and the music uh, to go on the new album. And I, I, for one, I think that's really exciting that we're seeing uh, seeing something we didn't previously see, seeing that this is what's happening at this moment. We're in the studio, this is what we're doing. Obviously, we don't get a sense of what the song's like, but it's really good to see them in there, almost live. I think it's fantastic. It's 
just I get really excited when I see stuff like that, and it's really the first time we've seen it. We didn't see it, even see it at all, really, in Dark Adrenaline, did we? No, and I think that's the uh, the best part about it that it's it shows how accessible they are to being open to the fans and almost teasing us bit by bit with what they're um, what pictures they're uploading and it's uh, very good news for all of us when when they're doing it and shows the great progress they're making on the album. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think of it, Russ? Me, I think Mike's just summed it up there to a T. So yeah, very, very insightful and um, you know looking forward to uh, good things to come. Yeah, do you think it's a good thing? I mean, when I say do you think it's a good thing, it's obviously it's good for us as fans. Does it build up excitement and momentum about the album? Is it better to keep it hidden behind closed doors? I know this is one of those kind of leading questions, really, because I'm, yeah. I'm not sure there is a, a right answer to it, but I'm just interested to know what your opinion is about you know, whether or not we should be seeing inside the, the, the process, as it were. Oh. I think it does. I think it's a careful balance. I think what they're doing in terms of spreading the information and giving you that sort of sneak peek, if you like, via Instagram and Twitter on the, you know, the photo updates of them in the studio, I think that's just enough to sort of, you know, drum up excitement, keep people sort of entertained and get a little glimpse into the creative process. I think there is a danger of sort of overexposure if you think of the likes of, you know, Metallic as some kind of monster and you're sort of seeing the entire band sort of there with a therapist and you know there's there comes a point where it's just too much but i think what they're doing is absolutely right i agree i think it's good promotional work as well as before the albums actually come out as, as we know that the um in the past they've plugged albums when it's come out not so much with dark adrenaline when when that came out but i think this acts as good promotional work as as it leads up to the album because we all know that as they're recording now that possibly won't take too long maybe but then there's the whole mixing process and everything else so we're probably looking at at least well quite a few months before it will get released so it's good that they're, they're keeping um, the information out there to us yeah yeah on, on the subject of the time involved i think in our heads we still have this kind of march date but just to confirm or just to clarify i should say with everybody that that's only our own speculation based on previous albums or more than anything else i'd say um there's nothing come from the record label or the band to say when this as yet unnamed album uh will be coming out but yeah it's certainly great to to feel part of that recording process insofar that we get to see what they're doing and, and they're obviously very excited and they're sort of showing us these bits. I remember when, I think it was, was it Dark Adrenaline or was it Shadow Life when they, it must have been Shadow Life where we got to see little nuggets of the recording process in videos yes, on our website. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember, you remember that. that? Yeah. And you could, you could unlock them with the special code that was in the official mm. Karma DVD. I looked recently and that website's no longer around which is probably a bit of a, Remains somewhat of a mystery to those people that, uh, that unlock it and then go to the URL that's, uh, <laughs> that's in, the, in the visual camera one. Like, what the hell what was? What the hell was that? But yeah, I remember that, and I, I don't remember much from from Doctrine. It was quite it was quite close, wasn't it? Until we started to get the snippets of, um, of videos. You know, they obviously each of them did their own. Well, there were six videos that were done, quite stylistic videos, and we started to see snippets of songs and things like that, which ultimately became uh, the Dark Passengers DVD that was on one of the versions of, of Dark Adrenaline. Uh, I just wonder if they're going to do anything like that this time. But it still feels that we're some way away, of course, 
the recording, we got the mixing as you say, Mike. We then got the marketing and the announcements, and you know, I'm, it's going to be a few months definitely. But yeah, it all seems to be happening quite quickly though. You know, it was only a few. Feels like only a few weeks ago that they said, "Right, we're going to start recording," and boom, they're in there and it's happening. And yeah, definitely exciting. So yeah, if you're not a, a follower of the, the band's social network, various social networks, I would suggest you do so. Uh, Twitter is a very good one, um, as is Instagram. You'll get to see uh, various photos and so forth, give you an insight into the recording process. I'll, we'll post some, some links up to various Twitter and uh, Instagram pages and the pictures themselves are up in the show notes for this week. Just going to give you a snippet of the kind of things that you could be seeing if you're if you uh, if you are not, I should say, a member of those social networks. In other news, on Empty Spiral um, recently, what I've done this week, in fact, is introduced a translation link on the front page, a uh, little widget. And uh, if you're obviously Empty Spiral, the website is in English because that's the only language I vaguely speak or type. If your native uh, language is not English and you've maybe in the past have struggled with looking at some of the content on the on the site then uh, check out the link on the right hand side there's a drop down you should be able to translate it into any one of well loads dozens of different languages uh, and uh, send me some feedback actually because I, I think this is just using Google Translation and I've no idea how successful it is you know, it becomes vaguely legible in uh, in your languages but uh, check it out let me know oh, no. Here it is again I to know when I will fall into the cave something wrong when every plan of my life I didn't really notice that you've been Heaven's a lie, then. Is it? Apparently so. But it is a metaphor, which we'll come on to. So where do we start with Heaven's a Lie? Uh, anybody give me ideas? And what are we going to do with this song, this most famous, arguably, of Lacuna Core songs? Well, it's, it's like got a couple of videos, isn't it? It's got, well, what's he got? He's got three videos? Two semi-official video one of which is considered now the official video and of course there's the sort of first unofficial video that got released back when it was was it actually it was a an AVI or it was a movie file on the Coma album it was wasn't it? yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it was on the standard edition it was on it was definitely on the box set that came with like the poster and the badge and all that kind of stuff but and it also has two mixes as well, if you include the Comalize edition with the uh, US radio mix. Yeah, so what about the videos then? What are we, I know the band have talked about them, and I'll, I'll post links into the in the show notes of the interviews that I held with them. In the first, in fact, it's the first five episodes of the Empty Spiral podcast, like when I recorded interviews with the band last year, and we talked about Comalize, and Heavens Alive came up, specifically the videos and the recording, and it's fair to say that the band themselves consider only the the third version, the Patrick Eulaeus version of Heaven's Alive to be the the official video, and they've also said that they're not fans of the the LA version, and then of course there was the first version which we just alluded to. 
But going back to that first version, I kind of like that. What do you think of it? Is, is that the, um, the version with them singing on the stairs? No, the first the version dress. is the... the no, no, no. The, verse, the first version is the clips in the studio where they all look very, very young. It's actually quite funny, if nothing. I should see the, the bands all looking very young and the recording and uh, Waldemar's there. And it's it's just quite a, a fun series of clips. It's arguably not even a video. Yeah, I'd forgotten about this one. It's a montage. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely a montage. But it's quite funny, though. It kind of, again, for people that are new to the band, it, it shows them as real people you know kind of having fun and larking around and enjoying the music or enjoying what they're doing i should say whilst at the same time getting on and making music and i I think that's a really key message to come out of that maybe not intentionally but it's certainly one i took away when i first saw it and i I watched it again recently and still enjoy it it's just a bit different it's just very friendly it's really informal i like it and i like the fact that they released it they didn't have to do that obviously what do you think of it russ me, I think again you've hit the the key points on the head. I think it's it's even now it's one of those things that if you are new to the band you can find that video. It's still accessible. It's still available online. It it gives you a snapshot back in time to what it was like for the band in you know 2002 when they were making Comalize. Yeah, yeah. And Mike doesn't remember it. No, I'd completely forgotten about it. I will have to go back and uh, have a look for it. Oh. I'll, I'll... Put a link up on the show notes for it. Uh, it's, it's fair, as, as Russ says, it's, it's available on YouTube, and it's just worth a look. It just it's a bit different. It's quite funny, and I, I think, like yourself, there are many people that have even forgotten about it, or um, don't even haven't even seen it at all. And then we got the version, what is considered the version one, the official video, which is, as you said, like the version on the stairs, the one that the band aren't a fan on, a fan of. What, what do you think of that one? Mm, it's it's okay. It's it works to to a degree. There's just a bit too much going on with with it that it keeps. Well, visually, it goes from Christina um, and Andrea back to the band. And to me, I think there's too much going on in the video. It needs to be a lot more stripped down as a video. Yeah, it's quite cheesy, isn't it? In places. Yeah. Where you, Russ? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, and I think it was sort of said by the band on those initial interviews, there are some sort of cheesy moments in it, but it's sort of like the, um, i trying to think of the word, it, if you think it was the first video that they ever did, so it was sort of a learning experience, whereas, you know, you got the, the second or the quote-unquote proper official video, and you can see that they've really sort of taken the ideas of what they did on that first video and really sort of stepped it up a gear. So I don't think it's a bad video. It's, it's, it's clearly a learning curve being the band's first ever video, and it clearly led to, to bigger and better things. Yeah, I, 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 it does make me laugh, though, because, uh, as you say, they they were clearly learning the ropes, as it were, about being in front of the camera and how to present themselves. And no doubt, as anybody who's done, done music videos will tell you, miming to the camera. And my favourite part is that uh, is Andy's got this real big mouth miming going on. He's really kind of opening his mouth and really kind of giving it some. Check it out. It's, it's re- I, I quite like it. It's cheesy. Um, there's lots going on, as Mike says. Bits, there's the Christina looking through the bars of the stairs singing and you've got the band there and you've got Andy and Christina at the bottom of the stairs and then randomly Andy's playing the piano and there's just bits going on all over the place. you got some priest outfits. Yeah, we've got our priest outfits. We, we've got our synchronised headbanging. We've 
you know, we've got all those kind of key elements there of what the band visually were were all about back in 2002. It's the, the on video, of course, it's the, been the first video. It's the, the first time we see Christina in the um, kind of Chinese dress that she famously wore quite a lot in those days, especially on the videos. You've got the, you know, the red and the black dress. Um, it's there's a lot to like about it, but I, I can understand why the band I'm big fans of it. And then of course version three, which is formerly the official version of Heaven's Alive, which didn't come out until a couple of years after the the song came out itself, and really only came about when they started to tour the album a lot in America, and it they became much more popular there, and they were playing it on radio, or it was getting radio play, I should say, and then they bring out this this version. The the my favourite of course because it's got the big ninja star in it. <laughs> what more do we need to tell you of? And it's got the big ninja star in it. And, and again, this was talked about. We we uh, talked about it in a previous podcast about our favourite videos. It was mentioned then, and the and um, the band talked about it in said so the various podcasts about Coma Lies and about the videos on the album. But I think this this is for me a really really good strong video. Uh, you've got Christina in the white dress. You've got, as you say, the the um, black monk outfits from the rest of the band. We've got ninja stars. We've got that kind of quite dramatic singing on the rafters of a building. It gets a bit kind of surreal in places, a bit maybe a bit too computer generated, maybe with the kind of the black oily cloak thing billowing out behind her in one part of the song. But it's, it's a good video. I like it. And, it, and as I say. What's not to love about Ninja Stars? What do you think? I think it works really well. I think that they learn from possibly not mistakes, as it were, but the learning curve from the first attempt. And they, uh, they really hit the ground running with this version, and it, it works really well. Russ? Me, I love this video. I'm still a big fan of it, and it's probably still my favourite video, to be honest. It might depend upon what era you got into the band. I mean, you know, younger audience might find, say, perhaps the video for Spellbound iconic, and they might find that as, like, the, the big impetus. But for me, I still go back to Heavens of Lies, that defining video and the look, the style, as you mentioned, with the two contrasting dresses of Christina, the red and the black and the white. you got the priest outfits that you mentioned. you got synchronised headbanging. Of course, you've got some ninja style. And generally, I just love the, the presentation and how the camera moves in those shots when they're on the rafters playing. It just looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know what it is about that, but Andy's movement, particularly in that video, it just it seems to be just so in time with the music and kind of just emphasises what he's singing, the part he has to play vocally during this song it's just it's just kind of cool I just yeah I agree with you it's a, it's a great video and I think it's it's not my favourite video but it's it's I don't know it's, it's just a good video it's a good video I think it's my favourite of the three and I can see why the, it's taken over from number two okay what about the versions of Heavens Alive then um, as you mentioned earlier it's got three versions we've got the original on, on Comalize we've got the US radio edit and of course although formally not released other than on the special edition of Coma Lies, we've got the studio acoustic edition. You got a favourite? I would say the original works uh, works very well. I, I think that it's, it's iconic as a song, and even though there are different versions to it, I I will always love the original more than more than the other two. 
What about you, Russ? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the original is the best for me. I like the acoustic version. It certainly adds something different. Um, and I think it worked well in 2004 for you know that sort of radio market and that type of song to be to be played on it. I think it's interesting to listen to the two versions back to back of the original Heavens Align, the US radio mix, because you do notice that Christina's vocals are a lot higher and more prominent in the mix. So again, it just gives you a different version and presentation of the song, mm. and you can appreciate both. I think for me, it's a bit of a close thing. If I'm talking about between the original version and the radio edit um the original version is about close to four minutes and 50 seconds the radio edit's about a minute less than that actually so it's you know, quite significantly shorter and i'm in two minds about this if i'm completely honest with you i like the radio edit quite a lot and almost maybe even more than the original i i think one of the Small issues, and we'll come on to this when we talk specifically about sort of reviewing the song. I find that there's just a little too much repetition in Heavens Alive for me. It's like it maybe outstays its welcome just a little too long as a song, and I felt that the radio edit kind of reduces that repetition. Um, don't get me wrong, it's, it's not a bad song, but I, I like that it feels punchier, it's got more of an impact. Uh, I know your your point about the remix or the the mix, I should say, and Christina's vocals. There's also uh, a, a little bit more kind of production in it, insofar that there's echoes in it, and there's a, there's kind of a bit of a background noise going on, and it it feels definitely feels like a different version. I, I don't know which one I prefer more actually. I, I respect the original version. I like the slightly punchier. It's got more momentum to it. The the radio version so I don't know I like them both as for the acoustic version I think that's wonderful I love the acoustic version I remember first hearing it when they played it on the WAF WAAF I got that wrong last week when I said the WAFF the um the WAAF radio show in 2004 which I think was the first time I heard it and I remember being blown away by it then I was so pleased when they released a, a studio acoustic version on the special edition the you know for, the formerly Ozfest edition of uh, Come and Eyes back in 2005. I'm, I'm so glad they did that, and uh, I listen to that version quite a lot and really like it. I think it's so much more personal than the electronic version. That's not to say that the electronic version is bad, but just the, the acoustic really changes it. And I was genuinely surprised that they did it. I this may be speaking from a position of naivety back then. I'd never really come across a band like Lacuna Coil that would take what is essentially a very heavy song and turned it into an acoustic version and made it so come across so well, you know? I really like that. That was that was a lot of fun. Really, really enjoyed that version. It's probably one of the best songs that transitions to, to acoustic, to be honest, if you think about it. I think it transitions to live shows. Yeah, it's I agree. I, flawless. I, it is, yeah. What do you think of it, Mike? Yeah, I totally agree with out of all the acoustic songs I think it works. It packs some punk um, in in how it delivers as a song um, and if you ever get the chance to hear it live it, it it doesn't disappoint we probably need a full podcast on the the um, acoustic songs to be fair yeah. I, I would say though to sort of give my thoughts on it I agree that it's certainly one of the best acoustic songs I, I think it stands out very well against Unspoken which I still think is brilliant acoustic um, Swamp is good 
not no, don't have a problem with Swamped Acoustic. Heaven's a Lie is definitely up there, and uh, Unspoken's up there. Um, and yes, of course, he's like Falling, but the Falling Test purposes is an acoustic song anyway, in my opinion. But there we go. Shallow Life, that's a blinder on acoustic. Yes, it is, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring out an acoustic album one day. They could easily do it, maybe in a few years' time. Just After the uh, the rap album comes out, of course. Yes, of course, the uh, the hip-hop you're talking about. Yeah, we, we need to see the hip-hop album. So live, then. Heaven's a Lie Live. We talked about this, about it being probably the song that they've played the most live. Do you think that's true? I think it is. Yeah, it's certainly been in every show that I've seen since, well, Coma Lies came out. So it's certainly been around a long time. They must be thoroughly bored of playing now. <laughs> Maybe not, I don't know if that. But, well, I mean, would it be a Lacuna Core show without Heaven's Alive? Uh, I no, you... I don't think it would be. It's, it's, there's such an expectation from the crowd that they'll play it. Yeah. Even when they play it in front of a whole new, or playing in front of a new audience, or they're playing a support role, like, like for example, they are with Paradise Lost shows later on this year. I'm mm. sure if one song gets played, it'll be Heaven's Alive, just because it's Heaven's Alive. It is their anthem, isn't it, really? Yeah, definitely, and I think that it would take a fa- uh, favourable slot if you had to put it over, like, say, for example, Swamped. Uh, obviously, Swamped and Heaven's Alive are usually both, well, they tend to be both be on the set list a lot of the time, but you would think that Heaven's Alive would just nudge a bit uh, higher and, and remain on there for a longer period of time. Oh, absolutely! I've seen and heard set lists without Swamped on them. Usually, the, yeah, yeah. Where, where they're you know playing a half house set in support of another band, or they're yeah. the, of the, uh, opening a festival or something. But you're gonna get Heaven's a Lie, definitely. And it always gets a good crowd reaction, though. It's it's, one, it's a sing along song, isn't it? Really, you know. There's always that bit where it's down to the crowd to pick up the chorus, which is always mm. a great kind of crowd pleaser, isn't it? In any any live gig. I really like that aspect of Heaven's Alive that we all get to sing along with it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's the first of the big, quote-unquote, three iconic identifying songs from the period. So you'd start off with Heaven's Alive, then you'd say it's Our Truth, and then arguably in latter days, Spellbound. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. I think you'll be remaining on the set list for quite some time to come. Because, you know, well... Comalise is an old album now, of course. So, yeah, makes sense that it, it, it kind of, uh, what's the words I'm looking for? It, it's good for the, what Lacuna Coil would describe as the old school fans. Mm. Even though the real old school fans will be saying, well, we want to hear stuff of one of these memories and in a reverie, the old school fans are still talking about an album that's over 10 years old now, so... Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's good for younger fans who haven't seen perhaps as many shows or might be new to the band, because as you mentioned, there's that expectation to play that kind of song. I think for, I don't know how it is for you two guys, but I wouldn't necessarily miss it if it was dropped from the set. Some people might say it was strange, but if I could, you know, if I was given a choice, I'd rather hear, say, Angel's Punishment or Coma Lies or Ghost Woman and the Hunter. But that's, again, partially driven because the amount of times I've, I've heard it live. I was going to say, is that because you've heard it live so many times, dozens and dozens of times, that you don't need to hear it anymore? It doesn't I mean, get boring, but as I say, a change is always good. Do you think they as a band ever find it so monotonous that they'll get to the point where 
they don't want to play it. That's a whole other conversation. That's yeah. Of we're, we're reaching to the realms of whether or not a band should play a song they don't like anymore because it's popular with their audience and you know, their their audience have an expectation upon them. You know, we got to remind ourselves that it's a job for them as much as anything else, isn't it? So yeah, of course. You know, people go to shows and don't hear songs that they expect to hear, like "Heaven's a Lie." Then are they going to come away disappointed? It's it's an interesting one. To find balance as well, isn't it? I think you're absolutely right. I think it is. I, I wouldn't like to be in a position to to be making up those set lists and making making sure you keep everybody everybody happy. It must be quite hard mm. sometimes, especially if you've only got a short set list. I suppose it's it's the song that weighs heavy on the shoulders. I guess. I mean, if you think like you know, if you were to put it and compare it with more. Uh, different bands you'd say well Metallica they always have to play Enter Sandman Nirvana they always have to play Smells Like Teen Spirit and to a degree Heaven's Light is that song for Lacuna Coil yeah every band's got one they, no matter whether or not they're showcasing a new album it takes a very brave band a band like I don't know Iron Maiden you can get get away playing, a, playing their new album walking off and, and that'll be enough for everybody but generally speaking bands have to have to play certain songs because there is this expectation I mean but, even even the Lighthouse family they always had to play Lifted well it is alright Grant it is their only song it, it, it is a great song no 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 they had a few others but that's a that's a conversation for another day <laughs> we'll, we'll play them on tour that's fine um okay so where do we go from here then do, do we should we do a review now of, of Heaven's Eye I think it's review time yeah and I think it's you first as well me well, I thought it was yeah. Mike that's funny you two Oh, sure, it's oh, you. God, right, okay. All right, so the opening Heavens Alive is quite distinctive, I find. Uh, you've got those opening keyboard, and that kind of... You know you listen to Heavens Alive. It's, it's a classic in that respect, and we talked about it being Lacuna Coil's biggest anthem. You know it inside out. Of course, uh, for those of you who uh, uh, want an interesting comparison, might I suggest you check out Iron Maiden's Wasted Years and listen to the first couple of bars there. They're not the same, but it's it's interesting to see how similar they are. It's definitely a song that takes you somewhere back in time. <laughs> Thank you for that, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so we get past a few bars of, of um, piano, and then we get the bass hitting this and the rest of the guitars, and this is where it really kind of kicks off. And you've got to remember, for me... I first heard Heaven's Alive just when Swamped had finished and because it obviously follows on from on the album, of course. And I was kind of expecting to say a bit slower and then boom, Heaven's Alive hits and you've got that great chugging bass. It's relatively simple, you know, da 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 And it works so well live and it's just booming. There's a very gothic feel about this song. I mean, Lacuna Coil have been referred to as goth metal, goth rock in the past and uh, a lot of we've what we've seen uh, that that comes from much more their early days I would say but there is a definite gothic feel about the music on this song and it reminds me a lot of the bands like Paradise Lost and you can clearly see the influences there uh, I, I love the, the, the tonal changes throughout it there's the reprise there's the the, uh, the chorus works really well in terms of the music that that kind of carries it through. There's a lot of momentum in the song. I mentioned earlier that I think it's, it's a little repetitive, um, and I don't want anybody thinking that that's that's 
a massive negative on my part. I did say that the the radio edit is it feels a little punchier for me, um, but that's not to say I don't like it as it is as in the original version. In terms of the vocals, um, I think they really work well between Andrea and Christina. Uh, I I like the chorus. I like the and Andrea's focus on the chorus, or I should say, whether Andrea comes across in the chorus, and then you've got the, the support from Christina in there. Obviously, she's singing the the vocal lines. Sorry, the vocal lines. The she's singing the verses. That the whole thing just works really well. Actually, I I can see why it's as popular as it is. I can see why it was released as a single. It's not cheesy. I think, like a lot of their vocals, sorry, like a lot of their lyrics, I should say, there's some interesting stuff in there. The the lyrics themselves, I, I don't really understand the full story. Obviously, one thing we need to clear up, and we probably should have cleared this up earlier, yes, it's called Heaven's Lie. We're not referring to the afterlife, as seen through the Christian religion and a number of other religions, of course, where Heaven's Light is a, a metaphor in this context. And I see this as the place that, that there, as a relationship. This is someone referring to the heaven that you said you would take me to, this this place, this, this perfect place where we would be happy is a lie. What I don't get from the lyrics is why that's the case. There's some really interesting stuff in here. We've got the, the, the line dofully desired. Dofully is something that is causing grief to you or looking for grief. And what does that really mean in this context then? That, that the fact that you'll be you're desired, you're desiring someone or you're or you're being desired is causing grief. And also this is the the line that I think is is really interesting for me is set me free with your love. Now that's that's a really interesting line in this context. I, I think are we talking about set me free from this relationship because it's a lie? And if so, should this be set me free from your love or change your love so that it's not so difficult for me to, to stay in this relationship? I don't know, there's just so much going on. There's absolutely so much going on in this song. Uh, and the lyrics remain really, really interesting. And then there's also a note about Destiny. We've got Destiny in there, and we've we've seen Destiny mentioned a number in a number of other songs, including, of course, Swamped, which immediately precedes this. So again, there's this whole thing about, is your destiny to be with this person? Are you feeling trapped? Are they making it difficult for you to leave? There's, there's so many ways of interpreting this. Uh, even if we go back to the first verse where something wrong with every plan of my life, I didn't really notice that you've been here. What does that mean? Is that someone's, again, not recognising the value of someone else's love for them? Don't know. I, I, I really like the song. It's not my favourite song. Um, I think it's one of those songs that's grown. It's become an epic over time. I kind of dismissed it. Maybe that's too strong a word. I, I looked over it when I first listened to Coma Lies, heard Swamped, thought, heaven's like, yeah, that's interesting. And I was listening to other things. And it was only later when it became popular as a single that I really went back to it, listened to it and understood it more. What do you think, Mike? I think you've um I think you've explained everything very well and it to me it's like a fine wine this song that it ages over time very well and um even from the opening opening piano um 
piano bits going into the uh, guitars and how it flows as a song. I think it re- works really well musically. Um, lyrically, you've just touched upon the various um, thoughts about it. I, um, I'm i of a similar um, vein of thought about it, whether it's um, like the relationship, whether it's uh, everything will be okay in it, or the basic message that... Uh, if you if you love me as much as you say that you do, um, you'll let me go, kind of thing. Like set me free with your love. That if you love love the person so much, you will will let them go from that relationship. Um, I think that it works works really well, and I, I like it an awful lot. Fair enough. What about you, Russ? Me, I'm still a big fan of this song. I think it gets downplayed somewhat just because it has been sort of played and heard by everyone so many times. But it's it's one of those songs, key Lacuna Coil songs again, that I mean, I always considered the best Lacuna Coil songs as the ones that almost create like um, soundscapes in terms of the instrumentation. Obviously, this begins with that keyboard line that you mentioned on the synth, which is then underpinned by the guitar. The bass is strong, the drums is strong, and just musically, it's just a really strong track. I love that palm muted guitar riff, which sounds, again, huge, and it's sort of the perfect follow-on from Swamped, really, in terms of the sequencing of the album. Uh, one thing I love specifically on this song is how Critz plays the accent on the ride cymbal, which just really contrasts with the snare here. And then it goes bang into the crash, and then you go back into that distorted guitar line. And I think that the drums just sound awesome on this song. Uh, I think the vocal melodies on this song very very strong in terms of how they work with the music that was written obviously we mentioned about the iconic video which conjures up multiple imageries with the you know the lyrics that you mentioned and i also think this is a very interesting vocal performance from christina because i still think it's probably one of her heaviest vocals in terms of how the song starts and it sort of changes with that sort of deep tone that goes into that angelic like soaring note of destiny of a lie and it's just a really really perfect combination of show, showcasing her vocal abilities and i still think it's, it's a great song it's quite interesting because uh, she does play kind of like when she sings it and what she has done in the past she's really kind of lowered her tone of her voice when she's mm. doing the opening of the song like really low and I think that comes as a surprise for some people and then the chorus kicks and she's you know in full Christina mode as it were uh, I do agree with you though it's, it's a very good vocal performance from her and it really does show a diversity to, to her range as it were I, and I think it's, that's also emphasised by the acoustic version if you've heard the the electric version and you hear the different tones in her voices in her voice I should say and then you hear the acoustic you, you get to hear it all over again in a completely different way it really does showcase what she's capable of which is brilliant so in terms of scoring then I I would say I, I struggled over this one because as I say I kind of skipped over it and, and initially and I have I've come to love it I like your your analogy there of it being like a fine wine mic I think you're right it does get better over time uh, I think it's great live uh, I'm going to give this one a 8 out of 10 Mike um, I was um, thinking along the same thoughts that I'll give it an 8 as well ok what about you Russ this is a strong 9 for me cool that's, that's a pretty good score for Heaven's a Lie and I think it is a, a winner and I think it's going to remain an anthem for a very long time
that brings us to a close this week on the Empty Spiral podcast. That's, uh, what's that, 39 in the can? Yep. So the big four zero next week, where I guess that's Daylight Dancer. Looking forward to that, actually. I like Daylight Dancer, so it's good to go back to that and review it again. If you want to get in contact with us, where you probably know the drill by now, but I'll tell you anyway, you can, of course, contact us via the podcast page over at emptyspiral.net. Just click on the link to the podcast, and there's a contact us link on there. If you want to get in contact, ask us a question, be on the show, just ask, do whatever, just get in contact with us. Uh, You can also contact us via our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com forward slash emptyspiral.net and of course there's via our Twitter which you can again link from the front of emptyspiral.net or you can go to uh, twitter.com forward slash emptyspiralnet and uh, leave us a tweet 140 characters of goodness um, that brings us pretty much to a close this week uh, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing this week probably just working my ass off like normal how about you guys? what are you up to? Um, I'm moving offices tomorrow after 12 and a half years, so that'll be exciting. <laughs> well, you really are a leader of the wildlife, aren't you? Rock and yeah. roll. <laughs> I suppose it would be exciting if he throws his TV out of the office window. That's kind of rock and roll, isn't it? Yeah. What about you, Russ? Me, I'm off to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the musical on Friday, so uh, I'm not sure of the uh, the metal context of the songs. Hopefully there'll be some blast beats and some bass drums, but uh, I shall have to check it out and let you know. You're going to get some free chocolate, are you? And some... Better do. Better do. Watch Should do. For... It costs 100 quid a ticket, so I wouldn't say it. Bloody hell, I need to give you a lot of chocolate for that. Watch out for the bubblegum, though. You don't want to go all purple on us. That is true. That is very true. Fair Might try and uh, snag some umpalumpas and you know bring one on tour. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, could room read the, the map. <laughs> find room in the car for an umpalumpa. Sell <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so on the dashboard or something. Okay. Well, um, I look forward to finding out whether or not you've got an umpalumpa with you next week. <laughs> Right, well, um, yeah, this is just gone a bit wrong, really. All right, well, send it into chaos. That's that's terrible. Right, well, thank you everybody for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed our little coverage of Heaven's Alive. I look forward to catching up next week. There may well be four of us on the podcast. (laughs) Cheers, Cheers, everyone. Cheers, guys.